I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody, it's Lauren Kling. Welcome back to another episode of AfterBuzz Presents What We Do in the Shadows, Season 2. I am joined, as always, with my co host, Kevin. How are you, Kevin? Hello, I'm well, and I'm ready for a night at the theater. <laughs> yes. Um, I have to ask you, where did you find that outfit? Uh, I borrowed it from a friend of mine who is a druid. Uh, he can turn into an owl. And uh, <laughs> okay. he also has quite the affinity. His name is uh, Shadwick Ebbets. He has a, quite the affinity for costuming as uh, well as um, nocturnal activities. And I said I needed an outfit for the French theater, and he, he generously provided that's... The beard is mine, though. I've been spending our time off while we've been hiding in the dark, as vampires are wont to do, to right. really get in touch with my vampire self, which means I grew a beard. Yes, and me too. I think I grew my, that's why I grew my beard out, so we could be mm-hmm. uh, compatriots. Is that the right word? I feel like that doesn't sound right. Uh, Comrades. Brethren. Brethren. Brood. Sure. Yes. Brood. Is that it? We, sure, why not? <laughs> if you're in the chat, know the proper term for uh, vampire fraternity is, let us know. Yes. It, for, is it really a fraternity of two? It's, it's, a, it's two people. It's really I not mean, that much. I mean, has right. to start somewhere. So we will cover the theater in episode 10, but let's start with episode nine, witches. I think all season we were talking about the fact that we hadn't seen witches I was excited when I finally saw that this was coming up. What were your thoughts on this episode? That Billie Jean was right. And honest, honest to goodness, as soon as you mentioned that we were going to cover witches first, she popped on the chat and introduced <laughs> herself. I saw it happen. <laughs> Great. So Welcome, I think Billie she Jean. is in the know yes. and possibly a witch herself. Possibly. Interesting. Um, All right. So we start off the show with Nandor calling a house meeting, tells Naja that he's given Guillermo a day off per week and 15 minutes every four hours. So with these episodes, these last two episodes, Guillermo's kind of had enough. And so I'm wondering, are you surprised it took this long for Guillermo to finally put up some ground rules? I am because the reason I finally decided, oh, he's never going to change was because it was taking forever. I assumed if he was going to stand up for himself, he would have done it by now. So it'll likely never happen. But as we'll see throughout the, throughout the course of our discussion, I am wrong about every prediction I make. <laughs> uh, he finally did stand up to himself and he's treating his job like a real job and that he has days off and breaks and kind of like union rules, but also and that he doesn't care about it anymore. Yes. Which is good is, well, it can be good and bad. You give up, you give up uh, on having a job you love, but he's doing a job he wants to do because what he really wants to do is he wants to be a vampire. So mm-hmm. he hasn't fully given up that idea, even though he's a vampire killer, he also wants to be a vampire. Yeah, no, you, that's a very good point. Like, I recall the moment where uh, Black Peter had zapped everybody away uh, to the ritual and Nadia's like, oh, we have to find him. Uh, you know, Guillermo, help. And he's just chewing on gum, looking at his phone, like, that's not my description. Like, he does, <laughs> he's so not part of being a familiar anymore. Right. And maybe now that he's gotten some leverage over Nandor, he will continue to use that leverage 
and become a full-fledged vampire. Yeah. So with this episode, of course, you can't just have witches come and grab the uh, Staten Island vampires. They have to bring in a goat because, you know, that's the way it goes. You bring in a goat who's come out of this bright orange bulb, and then you bring, that's how you get the vampire to transport. Um, On Star Trek, I don't know why they never thought of that, using a goat as a transport vehicle or actually isn't the goat more like a, a welcoming, like uh, Mr. Rourke from fantasy Island. I saw him as a lure, you know, to trap them onto the fishing mm. line. That is whatever spell they cast. <laughs> Why a goat would be the lure for a vampire is maybe a story we haven't yet discovered yet. Well, I think it's just that he's the witch's familiar. It didn't have to necessarily be anything True. in particular, but that was his task was to go fetch the vampires or at least get them outside true oh hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Uh, so Laszlo is taken first, and then uh, we see them come back for the others. Uh, Nandor is taken because he's an idiot. And it's funny, you really do. I always see the, um, I always see Naja as the smart one in the room with... And- no, you finish the thought oh, before I She's completely... the smart one in the room. And I don't know why Three's company came into my mind, but could perhaps mm-hmm. it be the three people that live together and Naja's the smart one and the other two guys are the dumb ones? So usually that's just because of like that whole just um, it's it's on the same vein as toxic masculinity, where it's just these guys, because they're men and they're men from the old world, they have to have this larger than life persona. They are, they're vampires. Like everything about them suggests they should have an important self image. And because they live in Staten Island in this little shack, essentially like, and they, they're dejected by their own community. They just kind of bluster about to stroke their own ego. Uh, and the witches are going to do that for them later. Whereas Nadia, um, being a woman from the old country is not have to put on so much air. Mm-hmm. She's a little more grounded and she calls them out on every time that they just act like idiots for the sake of uh, being big tough guys or whatever. Yeah. But this episode, it's interesting because she was like superstitious about witches, which is something I've never really known her to be before with uh, Lazo's hat. She hates the hat, but it was never like this, uh, this oh it's bad like well that is bad luck but not in a way that's like oh it's the cause of all of our problems because uh they're out to get us kind of thing Mm -hmm. but at the end of the episode we realize that it's not her being superstitious it's that she has a feud with the head of their coven that's you know the it's the old world style of like her being uh i don't want to use the word hysterical but being out of her own wits because this woman has encroached on her territory through laszlo Right. You know, so this this is her moment where she lets the world get the better of herself. 
(laughs) And that's the whole thing is the witches need semen in order to maintain their youthful appearance. Mm -hmm. And this has been going on since back when Naja and her became fast friends. Um, (laughs) But I love how Nandor and Laszlo look at it so differently than how we might perceive it. We think that these guys have been taken, witches are going to kill them. Oh, the horror, Guillermo and Colin uh, and Naja are there to rescue them. Mm-hmm. But they're looking at it as, oh, here's a chance for us to get huge hard-ons. And, well, and at, first the they, at first they thought they were in danger, like we all would think. But then right. they started bringing out the incense and doing uh, interpretive dance for them. <laughs> It was like, oh, okay, maybe we totally misjudge the situation, which is something they are very prone to do, misjudging a situation. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of made sense. And it ended up being a little of both. Yes. It was a nice balance of the two. <laughs> so um, what's interesting is we learned that Laszlo has slept around, not only with some of the witches, but possibly Nandor. <laughs> no, absolutely Nandor. <laughs> and Judith. Like, it was implied, like, this woman turns into a caricature of Nadia, like someone who reminded me more of um, a completely different actress whose name now escapes me. But the point is, it was anybody with dark hair, right? And a mild accent, you know? So it's like, oh, next thing you'll tell me that you slept with Nandor. And like the silence said everything. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know what? The humor in this show, I love it. Once in a while, it gets a little too ironic, a little bit too. Um, I don't know, on the nose. And one of those times was, you know, uh, nausea complaining for 30 seconds. Wait, do you not see this as a different person? Like, it's funny, but it kind of goes on and on and on. The guys are like, no, can't tell. Yeah, and that's when it was first happened, I thought it would be like, hey, oh, no, oh, no, you guys look totally the same, like trying to get out of it. But when, they, when it kept being pressed, I was like, oh, are they just like all that blind, like face blind, I guess? <laughs> Because, yeah, she she did not look like Nadia at all. Yeah. But but what a funny concept is. <laughs> mm-hmm. The guys don't see it, and you're like, come on. Really? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, Billie Jean is in our live chat, and she says, Nandor and Laszlo made the phrase, I go gay for you, come true. They already act like a married couple as much as him and Nadia. And it's funny. I thought of Three's Company, you know, a, a sitcom from the 80s, but I think it's like this idea of what if we had vampires living in uh, a house off of college campus, forgetting the college part, but it's just, you know, a guy and a girl are married. And then we have some other single dudes that live there. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what it kind of the vibe. And those three in particular, obviously are very closely like knit more, you know, Colin Robinson is always the outsider because he's not from the old country. Right uh he's he's more in place in current america than these three are so they they have that bond going for them yeah colin is the awkward roommate that we've all had Mm -hmm. the one that didn't come from a recommendation from a friend uh like a craigslist ad kind of who came at the house (laughs) or a fiver oh yes and you know what there's also there's also the fact that they all drink blood whereas he does and he saps energy (laughs) um but consider that the Season one's episode nine was all about the big vampire orgy. So this is just mm. part of their culture. Right. Is, like the, the 
the kind of free love everybody's down to have sex with everybody else. Um, but with Nadia Laszlo, it's like, but us first, you know? Yeah. Um, but everyone's invited at some point, it seems like. Yeah. Now, Guillermo, who's basically doing his own thing, mm-hmm. realizes that when he comes back to the house and he sees Naja, the Naja doll, who mentions the, the invitation, mm-hmm. right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Is this? No, no, no. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> now, no, no. Now the storylines are blurring to me. No, you're. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yes. I am. <laughs> I'm. I'm blurring. I'm blurring. Ah. Guillermo coming to the rescue in both episode nine and ten. That's the thing is, well, he comes to the rescue in this one too. Yes, uh, he was. He was with you. them from the beginning, but he's the one. He's the one who found the way out of the escape room. Right. And and he's the one who does the like market multi-level marketing salesman <laughs> pitch. Right. Basically, the telling them I can get you all the semen you want by mm-hmm. calling it Memo's Men Milk. <laughs> I just love his like now imagine if you will or what you know uh what I'm proposing to you he just used all those salesman tactics <laughs> to yes. win them over I just love that that's what saved the day was that, that <laughs> salesman ploy right right and so uh it ends Laszlo and Andor go into a room together to finish each other off basically they're like sure why not uh yeah. and then Guillermo chats with the witches familiar the goat about the shit work they have to do which supports my theory. He didn't mention how long he had been a familiar, but he was like, I don't think they're ever going to turn me into a witch. And so I just feel like that's what it is for familiars across the board is they never, ever get turned. Yeah, this is, this is us in a workspace feeling like we're never going to move away from our cubicle. We're never going to get move up in ranks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's move on to yes. episode 10. This is Novu Theatre des Vampires. See, I used, I butchered that both in pronunciation and accent. I won't even attempt it. Awesome. This is the final episode of season two. Uh, Nandor is stuck in his coffin, yells for Guillermo, who's not around. What I found interesting is that Nandor is both angry but then he also is playful he's scared of being too angry because he's like i'm looking for you and that was something i noticed is is nandor wants to be a dick a jerk but he really isn't that good at it because he knows that he's caused guillermo to disappear i think he truly values guillermo and wants him to be around. He he likes Guillermo. He cares about him and wants him to be part of their family. But like I was saying earlier, they've got this old world mindset that they, he has to be the boss. It's Nandor the Relentless. He was a conqueror. Right. He has this reputation and this presence that he feels is a crucial part of his identity. So he's not willing to relinquish any power and he's only used to uh, barking orders. He's not used to being nice and giving people breaks and every other Sunday off or whatever. Yeah. It's so it's, it's hard to, to me, feel powerful when you're wearing a Jordan USA basketball jersey because as much as he is an actual fan, I love that callback. <laughs> the dream team. <laughs> That's right. Um, um so Guillermo finds that uh or sorry, there's a note that uh, Nandor finds Guillermo's note that says sorry because uh Guillermo's moved back home. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's uh he only says he wasn't focused on his everyday duties. <laughs> he was just letting his 
focus slip and so now he's back home where he's wanted and he's but he's doing the same stuff he's solving all his mom's problems for her i i know <laughs> and then without guillermo the house falls in dis disrepair i love that there's dead bodies all over the floor that everyone oh trips on gosh. there's that pool of blood <laughs> colin robinson coming in and slipping and doing that pratfall like just out of frame i thought was hysterical <laughs> i loved it when it happened then i love it when it came back with guillermo stepping into the room <laughs> And I loved seeing Colin Robinson be like so pissed about this situation. Like everyone's like, oh no, we're so fine. We're great. We don't need him anymore. And Colin Robinson is stewing <laughs> about everything. And it's oh, it such a great dynamic shift. Right. And we're taken back to the idea that nobody really cares about Guillermo um, mm -hmm. because they're trying to find him by trying to recall information. And all they can remember is his first name. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean, it's a testament. Like they finally realize how important Guillermo was to them. They yeah. don't know how to do their laundry. Um, they don't know how to do the simple function of finding him. Like it's they need him for everything. They need him for yeah. to get him even. Yeah. So the big thing in this is that the uh, the uh, vampires, Staten Island vampires, are invited by the uh, invited to the theater this once every five year U.S. tour. I was surprised because I'm thinking it's once every millennium, once every 5,000 years. They're like, no, every five years they do a tour, kind of like Circus Circus, Circus Vargas or, mm -hmm. you know, some mm -hmm. other traveling uh, show that seems to pop up in our towns all the time. Yeah, I, I don't go to a whole lot of French theater and the Cirque shows that I've been to have been in one place. They don't tour. So this is all a very new thing for me. Uh, I would have... <laughs> fallen for the trap too because i'd have been like oh it's a tour it's like a touring broadway company but even more fancy right right but of course it was guillermo who spotted the logo for the vampiric council on there and said uh oh i have to go rescue them again there's something endearing to guillermo about these vampires that he can't give them up yeah it's one thing to like be mad at your boss and walk out on your job it's mm -hmm. another thing to want them to be killed. And like you were saying earlier, as much as he is a vampire hunter at heart, and as much as he's fed up with being familiar, he still cares about being a vampire and thus yeah. the vampire community and especially the ones that he's been living with for 10 years. Like, a, it's not a bond he's going to just sever. Right. Like, a, uh, Nandor genuinely cares about him, though he won't admit it. And I feel it's the same way with Guillermo. Yeah. Everyone cares, but just not enough to actually, everyone has life goals, but nobody has enough willpower to actually succeed at them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what's interesting is uh, Nandor and Laszlo and Naja are, are tricked into coming to this show because the Vampire Council wants to kill them for all of the vampire slayings that Guillermo actually did. And Nandor, when he's finally realized, well, there's two things. One, during this show, all they're doing is ragging on the production, ragging on the actors playing them, and yeah. ragging on the accuracy. Yeah, the I love their, it was like, they were, they were treating it like, it reminded me of the Ember Island players from Avatar The Last Airbender, where they're seeing themselves portrayed on stage and doing, in this case, horrible things. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't dance like that. Like that's <laughs> that's your hot take and the choreography. 
That's what right. upsets them. They've walked into a trap and they're just upset about how the community at large is seeing them. But right, right. Not for the big picture. <laughs> right. And the other thing is under pressure, Nandor gives up Guillermo, blames it on him. It's all his fault. Yes, he did. Because it's true. Yes. Uh, but he also tried to convince them that Guillermo was dead so that they wouldn't seek revenge on him. So it was, he's kind of straddling the fence there. He's doing his thing where like, you know, he doesn't want his reputation to go sour and he wants to remain a powerful vampire, but he does care for Guillermo to some extent. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it wasn't the best thing he could have done, but it wasn't the worst either. Mm, we might. This might be our one fist, potential fisticuffs of the whole season. Is, but but not by a lot. I I think that Nandor really was just trying to wiggle his way out, and he would have blamed Guillermo, and maybe felt sorry for Guillermo if Guillermo died, but would have just gone on and complained about life. Yeah, but it just I the fact he was like, and he's okay, I killed him and buried him and I ripped off his arms and his legs and he's in the backyard. Like he was just trying, it's okay now, you guys don't have to do anything. He like I mean he sold him out and threw him under the bus. But it's like, yeah, he threw him under the bus, but he gave him a helmet. <laughs> like, that's what it he didn't completely throw him under the bus. Okay. But he, all right. Yeah, he So did. of course Guillermo is to come down. And then I love that um uh, I love the montage with the rock music where Guillermo Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, can we please talk about the dumb theater? I loved seeing all of their like like revisiting the two seasons of the show portrayed in this silent uh interpretive dance with Oh, <laughs> theatrical special effects. Yes. I love that they had like an encore scene planned in case the familiar was brought up. <laughs> like it wasn't part of the show, but if they bring up that other character, we got him waiting in the wings. Yes. I just, the whole thing was a treat. I love getting, like I said, the Empire Players kind of thing. It was revisiting the show up to this point in a fun new way. Um, and I'd also like to think, I think when they brought out the little gizmo to fight the vampire uh i like to believe that that was supposed to be jim the vampire just as a fun nod for the fans oh he had the ponytail so. interesting i didn't think I, about that i'm probably wrong i'm sure no one thought that but yeah. i'd like to think it was for mark hamill <laughs> that's funny it's you know it makes me think of like something like hamilton imagine going to Hamilton and being with your parents or grandparents and all they're doing is complaining about the accuracy and why are they singing <laughs> all of this? You know, just coming up with every excuse why it's not a good show. Yeah. We don't laugh like that. Oh, they're using their head as a beach ball. Just that, just the little things. I I, but I, I just, I thought it was a delightful way to revisit the show. Bad yeah. rhyme schemes and all. Yeah. What, uh, so what did you think of Guillermo's montage? the uh oh, the that rock was so music. badass it was yeah one of one of our uh fans says that guillermo was the best boy this season and he absolutely was mm -hmm. um he was he was a good cinnamon roll good soul um trying to do the right thing but then when push came to shove and like he had to defend his own honor i guess yeah he dropped from the rafters and cleaned house it was yes. amazing <laughs> um very exciting to watch but i watched it again recently and realize some of the attacks he does are brutal. 
brutal. He forced holy water down a guy's throat. Right. Yeah. So. Which kind of lends to the credibility that he's a serious vampire killer. He's not like, I'm just trying to save my friends. He, that's his background. It's, it's innate. It's in him. If you take out a theater full of vampires, and not just vampires, but the heavy hitters that everyone was pointing out, like right. Pamela, all well, the heavy hitters were there. And yes. you can't do that by accident. Pamela so, yes, in, her, in her business attire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Guillermo, unless some of them ran out the door, which I don't think they did because they were all coming from him. And they had him surrounded at multiple points. Right. And he came out on top, covered in vampire blood. He pronounced himself, I am Guillermo de la Cruz, like... Vampire slayer. He is fully realized now. There's no way he can assume it's accidental. Even if he wasn't a uh, Van Helsing at this point, he's still a vampire slayer. Right, right. So, and then of course, Nandor at the end, rather than saying thank you, it's I don't care who the F you are, <laughs> we had to pick up our own laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mad. <laughs> uh. um so uh why don't we uh before we do special segments or news why don't we jump into uh a season three predictions and i want to start that off by first saying hello to no eyes bunny who just uh who jumped in but billy jean says do you think guillermo will go back to being a familiar or will he become a full-on vampire slayer and that's what i'm wondering what do you think kevin for next season that's the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's t- I'm, I'm really excited to watch Guillermo's character from here because as you mentioned, he still has a love of vampires and wants to be a vampire. Um, and as much as he's been living that with 10 years, I feel like he's kind of caught up to being a fully realized vampire slayer and they're almost, they're equally matched. So he's going to be torn right down the middle as to where he wants to go in his life. Um, I, I think it's plausible that he will remain with the house as their bodyguard. Mm. They will continue to treat him like a familiar and he kind of, I'm assuming he will be doing things for them out of habit, but maybe not as much as he used to. Right. And it's going to be a twist on their old dynamic where he does things for them, but now it's a little more specialized. Right. What do you say? I kind of wonder, well, what else can they do now? Now that, (laughs) you know, the, the Guillermo dynamic, you know, we've explored that, excuse me, his low status as a familiar, his high status as a vampire killer. And then we've got the rest of the household who's just kind of, mired in their own stupidity and and beliefs and their ways i wonder if they would introduce another main character for the season that maybe would be like a common enemy well so uh billy jean actually just pointed out that uh vladislav who is no character who was leading this event and who's from the original movie part of the vampire council he most likely escaped Right. from the whole sling and i don't i don't think guillermo did get him so they're still out there i mean he, the heavy hitters were in the room but right. it's you know um oh god nick kroll's character is still out there 
the whole world at large with the witches and the zombies and like it's all still there right so there was a huge dent put in the vampire community uh, of new york uh but there's still plenty of other vampires out in the world and they are probably going to be even more aware of our staten island group yeah so yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if jenna came back because i wonder what she's doing and maybe she'll be Guillermo's foil as a new mm. vampire trying to kill a slayer. Interesting. Kind of like a procedural, up. like a cop show. That'd be fun. That would be group. fun. <laughs> I, I'll say I, what I loved about episode nine was seeing uh, the group in the room of many doors and like this casual group that we kind of familiar, we kind of just wax on and off with uh, everyday little annoyances having to deal with like the kind of stuff you see in blockbuster mind-bending horror films right like just the big ridiculous nonsense so yeah if this group has to go through like a cop procedural i think that'd be entertaining as hell that would be that would be a lot of fun um anything else before we go to news um no not really i like you i i don't know how they're going to keep this dynamic going uh, I, I yearn to see what happens in the very next five minutes of where we left off, where Guillermo's covered in blood and Nandor's yelling at him about laundry. <laughs> like, are, are they going to invite, like, are they going to invite him back? Would he go back? Um, are they going to keep his secret? Is he going to keep theirs? Like, I mean, there's just, there's so much rich stuff to expect in season three but I'm right. keeping in mind, this isn't that kind of show. Like I just said, it's not the big blockbuster thing. It's all like casual jokes right. around the house and little annoyances. So it's just, oh man, the possibilities. Right. All mm-hmm. right. Well, with that, let's go to news. All right. So um, I just talked about how excited I am for season three. And I'm sure in the back of everyone's mind, they're like going but when are they going to film it? Because everything's closed. Mm-hmm. Well, Comic-Con was canceled this year. And if you're watching Wait, our what? program. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Like, like everything else, except yes. for New Zealand's rugby team, it's been canceled. Uh, and if you're watching the show, you already know what Comic-Con is, but you might not know about Comic-Con at home, which is essentially going to be this like um, virtual simulcast kind of, version of comic-con so uh, i don't know how one attends i i know that like my ticket came back and so i I, you don't have to like buy your way in i'm sure right um but it's going to be streamed and there will be a virtual panel for what we do in the shadows which has been renewed for a third season so i'm sure that's going to come up uh the panel is going to be july 25th at 5 p.m pacific standard time going to have uh matt natasia caven mark harvey all talking about uh the series and it's going to be moderated by our zombie friend Haley joel osmond wonderful so that's awesome that's, yeah um fx is going to have a presence at this virtual comic-con and one of the, their big properties that they're uh letting everybody in on is what we do in the shadow season three awesome thank you all right so special segment uh throughout this whole series i've been doing vampire movie some vampire tv now i want to do vampire themed video games Ooh, okay i or i have the name of a of a of a game series in my mind when you when i say vampire video games does something jump out at you kevin 
Uh, Castlevania? Yes, mm-hmm. Castlevania. So I'm, I'm taking this off from Wikipedia. So um, Castlevania goes back to 1986. Wow. Series focuses on a war between the Belmont family, fam, family and Dracula. Dracula is resurrected every 100 years. Uh, hold on, where did my notes just go? Um, and the Belmonts must defeat him before he unleashes his wrath on the world. So that's probably one of the more popular ones. But I, mm-hmm. I picked out a few other ones just because they were interesting. For example, the list goes back to 1981. There was a game called The Count. It was a text adventure. And the player has been sent to defeat Count Dracula by the local vig- villagers. I don't know, Kevin, did you ever play any of the text-only games, text adventures? No, I had an Atari. So I went back to, like, the days of Pong. Got okay. But I don't think I ever went prior there. I never had a Commodore 64. And it, I'm trying to think of the computer games I had. I don't think any of them were purely text-based. Right. Okay. So, right. If you grew up with an Apple II or you grew up with an Atari 400 or 800 or a Commodore Pet or a TI-99 or, oh my gosh, a TRS-80, we called it a Trash-80. It was an all-in-one black uh, TV screen with um, like five and a quarter drives. I am more than happy to date myself because I remember being in junior high and taking a class. And all we tried to do was make dumb things, you know, uh, to code in basic. 10, print, uh, Johnny is a dork, 20, go to 10. (laughs) And just, you'd be so amazed at the simple things you could do. So when there were games that you could play on these computer systems, it was so amazing. And so text adventures might be, it's as a description is, you're in a room, there's a door on your right, and there's a desk on your left, and there's a question mark. And then you have to type in uh, door or right or left. Sometimes the program would be would only know one or two commands. Sometimes it would know a few commands, but then you would say uh, desk, and then it would say you're looking at a desk. There are three drawers, and on top is a book. Yeah, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, but like every step of the way. Yes, yeah. So those were oh, those were so much fun. In 1986, the Sega Master System, one of the earlier post uh, Atari console systems had a game called Ghost House. Um, we had something from 1987 for the Commodore 64. I've never heard of it. The Astonishing Adventures of Mr. Weems and the She-Vampires, which is interesting. Haven't heard of that. Uh, the character uh, has entered the mansion of the great She-Vampire, must defeat her before he is drained of blood, likened to Gauntlet. Gauntlet, I remember, was an NES game back from the day i i've heard of it i don't yeah. know it and then playstation had countdown vampires in 1999 uh, a game based off the movie fr- uh, from dusk dusk till dawn 2001 a windows first person shooter wow. and so uh, there were so many i mean i there's so many more on this list i didn't cover um so Something kind of interesting, but the majority of these games are you're the slayer. Is that correct? It's yes, it would seem like most of these you're the slayer. That's interesting because uh, Guillermo fully realizes the slayer, whereas every other episode we've talked about and you brought up vampire stuff, it's the majority of vampire culture in popular media um, is uh, pro vampire. Like you follow the vampires and you, mm. part, you meet the Coven, or you meet the Dracula, or you're 
and they're the protagonist in some sense. Right. Um, it's rare you see movies about Van Helsing or vampire slaying, but in the video game world, it's totally the opposite. Right. Cool. Oh yeah, that's a that's a very good point. So if you have a favorite vampire themed video game that you used to play or love playing now uh put them in the comments below we uh appreciate so much the people that have been on chat thank you uh billy jean for being a part of the show for this season everybody thank you so much you can leave uh stuff below uh, leave in comments below these youtube videos if you are listening to our podcast, give us five-star review. Go to Apple Tune, iTunes and give us a five-star. Let us know that you enjoy these and so we can keep creating these for your favorite show. Kevin, I think by the finger up to the mouth, you have something you want to add. Yes, I forgot when you asked me if there was anything else to add. Someone in the chat uh, brought up the, the question, did Nadja's doll, did doll Nadja get killed by Black Peter when he ate everything in the house? Oh. I am worried that's what happened. But we'll have to wait and see in season three. Oh, God. Okay. I, I hope not. I hope she's still around. Me Maybe too. broken a little bit, but I hope she's... Uh, we both hope that she had more in the show. She's appeared a couple times. Yeah. And she's great. I love everything she just said it to uh, Guillermo as he ran out the door, like, your father going to fail. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's, she's snarkier than the real Naja, which, <laughs> which is what I love. And I think that's what Naja loves about her, that they're gal pals. Yeah, they can't get rid of her. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we already did predictions, right? Yep. When, when we talked before. So, Kevin, I hate to end the show, but where can we find you if we want to talk more about uh, what we do in the shadows? Yeah, I hate to end the show, too. This has been a fantastic season. And the more that we've covered it, the more I've seen my friends come out of the woodwork and just express how much they've enjoyed this season. I, I reminded people on Twitter that we were coming back to draft our finale tonight and just someone responded back with just how amazing season two was. Yeah. So I, I'm still up for talking about it. And if you want to do that, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin Allen says and Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. Perfect. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Lauren Kling. Kevin, are there any other Afterbus shows you're currently working on? No, uh, I, instead I've decided to watch other programs uh, and stuff that's come out before. Like I just finished uh, Watchmen. I cannot recommend that show enough. Now, did you, did you read the graphic ago. novel? I did. And uh, if you weren't aware, it's more in line with the graphic novel than it is the Zack Snyder film. Okay. Uh, while still kind of having that same aesthetic. Now, but, I haven't. And ooh. so what I've heard is if you haven't followed the graphic novels, you may not get it. But I'm still, still going to try it. It would help. But the show is its own thing. Um, you'll, you'll understand it. You'll appreciate it. It'll be a richer experience for you, but it's not that you'll be completely in the dark, uh, because most of the, in the dark, I was feeling watching the show was just good television writing about what's happening in this current premise. Got um, it. but it's a great piece to understand, uh, a lot of the black lives matter movement right now to understand American history. And it's just a fantastic show. I, so I just finished that. And now that I've done that, I'm going to be looking for more programming with the same mindset. Wonderful. And I am doing the show for HBO's Perry Mason. Oh, cool. Which is cool because it goes, it harkens back to uh, 1930s Hollywood in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always fascinated with seeing my hometown 
what it looked like back then. I'm a tour guide here in Hollywood and Los Angeles. And so we have gone around some of the places that they highlight, like Angel's Flight. And it's it's cool to be able to see them kind of recreate these things of what they look like back then. So it's a great show. I love Matthew Rice, or Reese, who was mm-hmm. on The Americans. And so that's um, one of the things that, uh, and John Lithgow is in it. It's an amazing show. So I definitely recommend that. Thank you, No Eyes Bunny. Thank you, Billy Jean 24. Thank you to Bree, who's been producing the show. Thank you to the universe and to everyone who produces uh, uh, <laughs> the show whose name escapes my brain. What we what do we in do the, in the shadows. shadows. I know we're caught up in all these other shows uh, that are nothing like what we do in the shadows because this show, what we do in the shadows is so immensely unique. And you ask what, if I'm watching anything else, there's nothing to replace what we do in the shadows. So I'm just going to wait till next year. Well, there is the, the original movie. It might be time to revisit that. Okay. So, all right. Okay. From all of us at AfterBuzz, Kevin, thank you so much. I am Lauren. Goodbye, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.